happy January. It's the beginning of the year. It's the time where we are all setting goals. We're making resolutions. We're saying and doing all the things, making lists of things that we want to change and be better at this year. And maybe for you, that thing is saving money and being wiser with your spending. And so if that is, I want to encourage you to go check out Homeland Credit Union and have them help you. If you are looking to save more in 2024, Homeland can help you. They have a lot of great savings options, including CDs, youth savings, Christmas club, and more. You can give them a call or visit their website to learn more. You can contact them by phone 740-775-3331 or go to their website www.homelandcu.com. Their staff is incredible. They are super helpful and it's a local business that cares about your family, cares about you, and goes above and beyond to do whatever they can do to help you meet all of your goals. So go check them out and let them know Elena sent you. Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. Today on the podcast, we have one of my closest friends, Joanne Austin. Joanne is married to Anthony, who is my husband, Randre's best friend. They have been friends, I think, since like middle school and have just grown up together. Anthony and Joanne started dating in high school. And so she knew Randre also. They went to school together also. So they were all, you know, close. And then when he and I started dating, I got introduced to them and they just have become uh, some of my closest friends. And even more than that, they are family to us. They are uh, the godparents to our children. We are the godparents to their children. We do life together, have done life together for almost 20 years, which is absolutely insane. Um, But we have walked through just so many different seasons of life together. They are our date night people. We do almost all of our date nights with them. Um, and we just, we just do life together and have, we've walked through good seasons, bad seasons, hard seasons, happy seasons, uh, lots of kids, (laughs) weddings, all of the things. And, um, Joanne has become one of my absolute closest friends and she and I have developed our own friendship over the years, which has been really, really, really sweet. Uh, So today I'm super excited to have her. If you know her at all, you know, she is very introverted. She is very shy and being on a podcast is like number a million on her list of things that she would ever want to do in life. And so the fact that she joined me for this is huge. And I'm just so grateful, and uh, I know that you will be so blessed by this conversation. Uh, she's just, she's genuine, she's authentic, and you will get to hear her story of faith and just how the Lord has provided and been so faithful to her and to her family over and over and over again. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and join us as we pour it out. Well, hey there. Hello. 
I am super excited to have you. <laughs> this has been a very, very long time coming. So I am so thankful for you to be here. Um, I will let you go ahead and just start off and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. All right. I'm Joanne Austin and I'm married to Anthony Austin. We have four kids, Isaac, Ian, Aaliyah, and Gianna. Um, we have been together since high school, um, got married in 2007, and we've been married for 17 years now. So yeah, I had to do the math really quickly, <laughs> <laughs> but been together since 99. So we've been together for 25 years this February. Oh my Which gosh. sounds crazy. Like there's no way I'm old enough to have, you know, been with my husband for 25 years, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, I teach at Zane Trace. I'm a sixth grade English teacher. And and you've been doing that for how long? 17 years. So it's okay. like 2007 That's was right. where every major event <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. much <laughs> that started my adult life uh, yeah. took place. Yeah. I got married in 2007, got uh, my first teaching job in 2007. First and only, like I've been there. Yeah. The only job I've had, <laughs> same classroom, same subject area, everything. Same classroom? Well, actually, I did switch classrooms one time, and that was like two years ago. I got to move across the hall and finally get a window in my classroom. <laughs> <laughs> it was a huge accomplishment. I finally had enough seniority, so. That's amazing. Yeah. So we became friends because our husbands are best friends. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, even when you said that, like, 2007 was the beginning of your, like, adult life. I'm like, we, Randra and I started dating December 2006. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we were, because, I mean, I remember your wedding and stuff, but we were just newly dating and, um, we were getting to know, I was getting to know you, but you, you were friends with Rain Dry in high school too. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. When did you meet him? Oh gosh. I mean, I was friends and in the same class with his sister BJ in grade school. So yeah, I oh, mean, I I've never even realized that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's so funny because I feel like you all were friends and knew each other. And then I was the newcomer that came in. <laughs> Um, and so I don't know, it's just neat because then to like hear that, I'm like, I've been a part of your whole adult yeah, journey. Like I remember yeah. when you got the job, I remember when <clears throat> you got married, I remember all of that. And mm -hmm. so it's just, it's neat. You are the godmother to our kids. We are the godparents to, well, you and Anthony are the godparents to our kids. Mm -hmm. We are the godparents to your kids. And we have just done a whole lot of life together yes. over the last 17 years. Yeah, almost 20 years. Oh my gosh. Mm. That's crazy. It definitely is. So when I was like <laughs> putting all this together and really like thinking about the years and the number of years that we've been friends, it's it's crazy. Just like how are we even old enough to have been friends for 20 years? I know. Years? So I know. It's pretty wild. I know. So, um, okay. I need to let you people know that are listening to this. <laughs> this is a little insight into how Joanne is. So, um, <laughs> you are the most, I would say like the most organized person that I know and just the most thorough person that I know. Um, and so, you know, this was the first time that this has ever happened when I've done a podcast. 
she literally wrote out the whole entire thing that she wanted to say. And so when she... And now I don't know if I'm going to say any of it. So yeah. But she texted me and said, okay, I wrote it out. Do you want me to send it to you? And I said, yeah, let me, let me see it. And so I was reading through it and I just thought this is so very much her personality and I love it. So um, we are, we'll see. We've got, we've got lots of notes and lots of things in front of us. So we'll see if we stay on script or if we go off. But if you hear papers shuffling around, that's, that's what it is. I'm trying to find my spot. <laughs> um, so I we will read straight from it. I promise that. Yeah. But even if she focused. did, you wouldn't know it because she focused. has it written in like story form. <laughs> so you wouldn't even know if she was reading it. Uh, so <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I'm just going to kick it off to you. And really, so, um, and I've told you this already, but I feel like there are so many different directions that we could go. And I think, you know, even going back to like, because I've lived 17 years of life with you now, mm-hmm. um, I've, we've seen a lot of each other's story. And so I'm like, when I had first asked you to come on, I was like, it's like when, sometimes I ask people and I know exactly what I want them to talk about. And I'm like, I know this is what I want you to talk about. And I want you to come on and talk. And then there's times where I'm like, I just want you on and I don't have any idea where we're going to start or what we're going to do. And that was you. Cause I'm like, there are so many different things that we could dive into and different topics that we could talk about and different things. Um, so you're somebody that will for sure be back on, but, um, to get started, I think just your story, like your story of how, you know, you are now you in the brief intro that you gave, like you are a teacher, you are married, you have four kids, you know, all of that. And, um, but you started very differently Mm -hmm. and your life now looks very different than, you know, how you grew up and things. And so I just, um, we'll just start at the beginning so you can just share and we'll chat it through. All right. Well, um, first of all, I'd say, I I just want to say like how thankful I am to be here. Um, how humbled I am to be here and to be on your podcast. Finally. (laughs) Um, I remember when you told me about it and I was so excited for you and, um, I just knew you would be wonderful at it because of your personality and who you are as a person. Um, you're so compassionate towards other people, um, and empathetic and you can, meet people where they are in their struggles and be there and support them. And then when those hard times are finally over, you're right there ready to celebrate with them and remind us to just be so thankful for God's faithfulness. And, you know, and so I'm just happy to be here finally. Um, and so proud of you for following your dream mm-hmm. and, Thank you. and putting this together that so other people can, uh, share in what a wonderful person you are and all the gifts that God's given you. Thank you. Um, so I said all of that <laughs> to say that uh, I was really excited for you, but it didn't take long for me to realize that you were going to ask me to be on the podcast, which made me very, very nervous. Um, so I told you, absolutely, I would be here, I would do it. But at the same time, I just spent most of the time either <laughs> dodging doing it or postponing my recording date because I am I'm just kind of nervous to share my story 
First of all, because my family is very private and I know that when I share my testimony of where God has brought me uh, from, uh, that it's inevitably going to include details from each of my family members. And our lives are so connected um, that in many ways, when I share my story, I'm going to be sharing each of their stories. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like, who am I to take it upon myself to tell my version of their lives? But I, you know, I hope I do it in a way that just shines light on how wonderful my childhood was, my family, um, and just the blessings that I got from them, even Mm -hmm. though there were struggles Mm -hmm. and there are things that God has used to show me perseverance and that, you know, I can overcome as long as I put my faith in him and trust him, which is not always easy. No. So, um, yeah. So I'm here to, to share that and, and hopefully I do it in a way that is respectful of everybody. Um, another reason why I was a little bit nervous or hesitant to be here is because I just always feel like, why me? Why would, Anyone, anybody really want to hear my story and how could God possibly use my story to minister to other people? Um, especially when I've listened to your podcast <laughs> and I know just the remarkable people that have been on here and the women who are so you know, strong in their faith um, and basically know their purpose and have um, just a really solid foundation, foundation with the relationship with God. And so I feel like sometimes I'm just a little bit more inadequate and not in that same space. Um, Which is so funny because (laughs) we, and before we hit, we, so we've been talking for like two hours before we even hit record. But, um, you know, one of the things we said is that like, we look at each other's lives and we see that like they're, and I had told you like just recently I spiraled myself down in, in a matter of like five minutes of like everything in my life is a mess and everything is terrible and all of the things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and your response to me was, but then there are so many people that look at your life and think this, 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 and this, and this. Right. But it's a, a wonderful and perfect. Yeah. And yeah. You've got it going on. And yeah. you do. And you it, absolutely do. And <laughs> so it's so funny to even hear you say that because I'm like, I would never, if I didn't know you, mm-hmm. I would never, ever think that you had those thoughts at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's just, we all have those struggles and mm-hmm. insecurities and thoughts. And I think that it's just like 100% normal, but it's also refreshing to like hear Oh, okay. I'm not the only one that thinks that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like my story is more about like God's grace and, um, you know, in, in all the moments of my doubting and worrying and stressing when he has shown time and time again, that he's Mm -hmm. faithful, he will be there, he'll provide. And the next trial comes and I'm right back to square one, worrying and stressing (laughs) and, you know, all of those things. And, um, and he's still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can see past like that surface level mm-hmm. of my failures and not being as faithful as I should be and see to our hearts and, um, you know, see to that foundation of, yes, I do have faith. I do trust him. It's just my mind yeah. kind of unravels sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but just to go back to, you know, my childhood and how I grew up. 
The short version of my story is that I grew up in a, a large family, uh, several siblings, um, in a very small house with very modest means, so we didn't have a lot of money. Um, I have two sisters, we're very close in age, and a brother who's 10 years younger than us. So my sisters and I are like stair-stepped. I'm 13 months older than my younger sister and 19 months younger than my older sister. So I'm the middle out of, uh, out of the girls. Um, our parents raised us with great morals and taught us how to be really good people. Um, so many life lessons, like when I think back to our childhood, that I'm just so, so thankful and grateful for. Um, but our childhood was a little unusual compared to some. Um, we grew up in a one-room schoolhouse, so very small cottage-type house in, in the country. Uh, it had been converted into a small home before my parents moved in, so it wasn't just one room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had uh, two bedrooms, uh, so I, was, I shared a bedroom with my two sisters obviously until my brother was born 10 years later. So it's like kind of two sections of my childhood, like the, the 10 years that it was just the girls and then my brother came along. Um, but the room that we shared was only big enough for one set of bunk beds, one dresser, and just this little small path to get to the beds. Um, and so with only two beds, that meant that two of us always had to share a bed. So we eventually created a rotation where two of us slept on the bottom bunk, one on the top bunk, and each night we would rotate. So um, everybody had a turn on the top bunk eventually. Uh, we also had a system for sharing the good blanket. And if my <laughs> sisters heard me, I mean, we know exactly what the good blanket is and the good pillow. <laughs> and we had to share all of that. Um, you know, we all had a blanket and a pillow or whatever, but there was the good one. And... <laughs> Uh, the rules for sharing a space so small were created completely by us. So my parents, uh, you know, it was the 90s. So my parents <laughs> were doing their own thing and we were doing our own thing. We'd go outside and play. And so, you know, when it came down to us, um, you know, creating a system for how we were going to share all of this, it was really our own doing. And that meant that we were responsible for enforcing those rules that we had created. So it turned into a lot of fighting. And my sisters and I um, obviously love each other so much. Now we're like best friends. But back then we would have some pretty crazy fights um, and just, you know, turn into basically fist fighting. And our cousins and friends, they witness some of these fights and I mean it was to the point where they were like concerned for us so uh, that's just basically how I grew up um you know in this really small space uh, with not a whole lot but now looking back I can see where God was in all of that mm -hmm. and um how he took so many like seemingly insignificant experiences to help develop me and to prepare me for my future and to create the person I am today. So, yeah, so that was just a little bit about my childhood. Uh, I think it's really fun to like, so um, if you are from Chillicothe and you're listening to this, like where the house is located, is like around Polk Hollow. Mm -hmm. And so um, you guys were like, a hundred percent like outside yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, well, our house was so small that, yeah. you know, you got confined pretty um, quickly and you wanted to get out and yes. So we were outside a lot, but like in the woods and things. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, 
you know, when you talked about like coming up with your own system for things and everything, I think like that shows like creativity as kids. Like mm-hmm. I think about my kids and I'm like, could they do that? <laughs> could they like, could they survive? Like yes. Uh... But then I think back to like stories that you've told about like making forts in the woods and yeah. like doing different things. And it's just like, you guys had such creative minds. Like mm-hmm. you were always doing yeah. things and mm-hmm. always active. Were all of you in sports? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we started sports in about third grade, I think, with softball, my sister Jenny. And then um, after that, we all started playing softball and we graduated from Uniota and Uniota started um, their like intramural basketball, peewee basketball in fourth grade. And so we were, we all went through that program and then volleyball didn't start until seventh grade. And so we all played volleyball. So we all played three sports in high school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My dad was an athlete in high school as well. And so Mm -hmm. he was excited for us to, to join in on that and to uh, play sports as well. So yeah, it was something that he shared with us. And you were, I know you were really, really good (laughs) in sports. Yes. I mean, I, I was, I was never the star player or anything like that, but you know, I always had my role to play and I uh, focused on that and tried to do it to the best of my ability. So which is the story of your whole <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, but, so, I mean, I think that it's, it's interesting to me because I'm the complete opposite. I'm an only child and Um, I didn't have any of that. So even to think about like how your days and nights and things were like, Mm -hmm. it's, there's the side that's like, yeah, I'm sure like it was tough and it was, you know, definitely Mm -hmm. had obstacles, but also like, in my mind, I'm like, that sounds so fun. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I think back on my childhood and there were so many, um, you know, trials and things you had to persevere through, but, um, through all of it you know, I always had my sisters yeah, and I always had my parents. And, you know, I was just talking with one of my sisters about how, even though we didn't have that much, my, my dad and my mom, my dad for sure made sure like every Saturday we would go to Tar Hollow and, and go and play on the playset, or we would have, um, different things that we would do that wouldn't cost a lot of money, but still we were spending family time together. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. I think and all it's, together that shapes who we are as adults. Yeah. So. Because now as an adult, you're so, so passionate about family and mm-hmm. so passionate about making sure that like your family's always mm-hmm. together and doing the things. And so yeah. I think that, you know, it's, we, we think and we see those like hard times and things, but then it's like, it does, it shapes us because mm-hmm. it's like, you have a strong passion for family because growing up your family was so close right. all the time yeah. Partly because we had <laughs> because to, you had but, to be but also but it's my like parents fostered yes that and they wanted yes to, yeah and like with my mom she would come home she'd get up at four in the morning she worked at bakery and she would work all day and then come home and clean and cook homemade meals every single night mm-hmm. um and a lot of that came from you know their parents my my dad's parents you know, made these wonderful meals. And actually my 
dad's mom taught my mom a lot of the recipes and things. And so that's where she learned how to cook. And then they've passed that on to me. So, um, and I I remember, sorry, not to know, but I remember too, like, I remember you telling me one time a story, like how, when your dad would come home from work, Mm -hmm. he would like stop and get was it candy? It was, yeah. So it was either just a little dum-dum sucker or one of those um, sweet tart suckers. So it probably cost like 25 cents uh, through the drive-thru because he'd always stop at the drive-thru before he came home. And uh, he would either, that or beef jerky, little mm-hmm. individual beef jerky sticks or just some little treat. And yeah, he would do that every day before he came home. And so I think it's like just the intentionality and the love mm-hmm. and the, you know, the the thoughtfulness mm-hmm. um, that creates a, a strong family. Yeah. So I know. And so like, I think too, I think back and from the outside, somebody might look in and, and feel like, like we didn't have a lot. We didn't have name brand clothes or, you know, all of the new technology and all of that, that many kids around us had. Um, and, but I look at it and I worry that I'm not doing a lot of those things that my family did for me. Like, mm-hmm. am I being intentional enough? Am I, you know, sharing how to be so close and all the family values that I learned growing up? So, yeah. Well, 100%. Yes. <laughs> I, try. I can say yes. <laughs> um, so you and Anthony met and you were date. you started dating in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and you guys are the same age. He's no, a year older. He's a year older than me. So he was two years ahead of me in school. Um, I We met when I was a sophomore and he was a senior. Um, but he started school early. So he graduated when he was 17. So we're only a year apart. Okay. And then, um, so you had high school and things and then college. Let's talk about college. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. So just to do like a brief story about how Anthony and I got together. Yes. Um, just because you said that yes. you were kind of interested in, in hearing the, that story. So growing up, I was very shy, especially compared to my sisters. So they were way more outgoing, had a lot more friends than me. And so I was shy and more reserved and quiet. And so I didn't have a whole lot of friends and like probably junior high, maybe freshman year in high school. I don't know. I started getting nervous that I would never like have a boyfriend because my sisters had had boyfriends since like kindergarten. So, (laughs) so, um, I just, I prayed that God would send me somebody who would love me for who I am. And, you know, because I wasn't, I was a tomboy. I wasn't Mm -hmm. like my sisters. I wasn't real girly. And so I didn't, I never want to try to be something I'm not. So I I wanted Mm -hmm. somebody that would love me for who I am. Um, and so I prayed that prayer and, Come to find out, Anthony had prayed a prayer as well um, before, I don't know how old he was or whatever, but that he would find somebody. So when I was 16 and he was 17, we saw each other at a mutual friend's house where we would all just go and kind of hang out in high school. And he, the next day, his friend told my cousin that, oh, Anthony is, you know, went to to ask your cousin out or whatever so the next time I see him or no my cousin went to Anthony at school and was like because I went to Unioda they went to Chilocathy and went to Anthony at school and said oh are you wanting to like talk with my cousin and he said no <laughs> and so she was like but then he was like but then he backtracked and was like but yeah you know you know give her my number or whatever 
So now I tease him about that. But <laughs> he basically shot me down um, from the beginning. But, you know, we ended up going on our first date to the bowling alley and all of that. And we had been together for about three months. And I remember telling my cousin, we were like best friends, my cousin and I. And I, I told her, I said, I don't, I don't see us ever breaking up. Like, I just have this feeling that we're just going to be together forever. And it was like two weeks later, he broke up with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it was the the end of his senior year and he was going into the summer of his senior year and then going to start college. And he basically just needed a break or whatever to see where his life was going to go. So it only lasted for about six months. It was like by Christmas time um, of my junior year, we were back together. So yeah, and then twenty five. We grew years up later. together. Yeah. So like we've had our little yeah arguments and things like that, little breaks that we've taken yeah. over the years, but you know. So yeah, twenty five years later, years still later. together. Oh my so I guess that I mean obviously it was the answer to both of our prayers. Yeah. Um, but when I told my cousin I don't think we're ever gonna break up. It was oh, true. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, hold on. Let's before you jump into college, I do want to go back for a hot second. You, um, you guys did not go to church, mm-hmm. but your grandpa, right, was a pastor, mm-hmm. right, and so he um, was the one who led you to the Lord. Mm-hmm. When you were how old? Um, I can't remember how old I was, but I was young, like maybe seven or eight. And I, they had always taken us to church, but they lived like three hours away. And so we would visit them for like a week at a time, maybe two or three times a year. And so they always made sure we knew who Jesus was and, and, you know, tried to develop a relationship. Uh, but I found a pamphlet, I think, at their house once that was like how to become saved or or whatever. And so I took it to him and I said, well, I want to be saved. You know, I believe in Jesus. And so he led me through the prayer of salvation and I was saved, but he wouldn't baptize me at his church because he said that I needed to be in a home church. He was Southern Baptist and they were very traditional, very conservative. And he said I needed to have a home church in where I lived in Chillicothe. And so um, that never happened because my parents didn't take us to church. We prayed at dinner time every day and, you know, they believed in God for sure. My mom, I don't know, had different reasons for, you know, taking, uh, being a little bit more distant from the church mm-hmm. um, setting, probably something to do with the years she grew up in the church with my grandpa being a pastor. Um, but you know, they believed in God. We just didn't go to church. And so it wasn't until my grandpa and grandma moved um, to Frankfurt and became, he was the pastor of Frankfurt Baptist church when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. And then he baptized me there. And so, yeah, I think that it's interesting just because like you, um, at a young age, even though you weren't like, quote, quote, like raised in the church, Mm -hmm. um, he taught you foundational things. They taught you like really foundational things that would end up like helping you a lot, Mm -hmm. um, through your whole life and just understanding like the power of prayer. Like that was something that even as 
like a young kid, you grasped that. And then that has been like, from my perspective and what I've seen and what I've experienced with you, um, that's been like a staple in your Mm -hmm. life. Like that's been something that no matter what, like you have been able to like hold on to Mm -hmm. and things. And so I think it's interesting um, because I just, I think it's interesting to know that like for us even like, we never know the seeds that we plant in people and the Mm -hmm. seeds that we, you know, we get to speak in and we get to show them to our kids, to our friend, our kids, friends and things like that, um, that, you know, 30, 40 years later, they'll be sitting, talking Mm -hmm. to their friends about how, like, why I learned to pray because of this or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it shapes who they are. So I just, I think that's really, I actually had that conversation with my grandpa. Um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so when he was the pastor of Frankfurt Baptist, we would go to their house every weekend, every Saturday night, and then go to church with them on Sunday until we were about in high school. And you know how it is like, Mm -hmm. you know, teenagers, you don't really want to go to your grandparents' house on Saturday night and then go to church the next day. So we had kind of gotten away from doing that. And I knew that it had, you know, hurt, both of their feelings, my grandparents' feelings. Um, And then I started going to church with my cousin at Zion um, when it was on Mill Street. And my grandma, who (laughs) she was uh, the matriarch of the family, she um, kind of told us what we should be doing, when we should be doing it, all of that. And she was a very strong um, personality, very strong leader in our family, but she would sit us down and talk to us when we need to talk to. And so <laughs> she told me, you know, she's like, I, sh- I like that you're going to church, but you should be going to your, to our church. You know, your grandfather's the pastor and that's where you should be. And so I just had a conversation with her about how, you know, this is where I feel led to be, you know, um, and that type of thing. So years later, I want to take a quick break and shout out to my partners. Um, First off, Roast Coffee. They are located at 107 East 2nd Street over in the Fort Collective. If you have not been there yet, you need to go. If you are listening to this and you don't live in Chillicothe, Ohio, when you come to town, if you ever come to visit for anything, that needs to be your one-stop shop for coffee. It They have the best coffee. They have the best drinks. It is winter time, so I highly suggest the London Fog. It's actually a tea, um, but it literally is like comfort in a cup. And on these cold, harsh days, it just makes you feel like somebody's giving you a nice hug. Um, aside from that, the Cubano is always 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 the best option and if you're like me and you just like black coffee um you can get the americano it is fantastic best best coffee cannot recommend them enough go check them out also sweet william blossom boutique it's located right down the street from roast at 90 west 2nd street so again if you haven't been to either one of these places go get some coffee and then go down the street and go check out annie and her staff and get you either some beautiful floral arrangements or pick up their chocolate covered strawberries oh my goodness um you can check them out 
online. You can check Rose out also. They both have Facebook and Instagram. Go check them out. Go check their specials right now. Um, in winter, they have homemade chicken noodle soup over at Sweet William. Um, it's fantastic. They only offer it on Thursdays, so you'll need to go check all that out and get the information because it is legit some of the best chicken noodle soup that I have ever had in my whole entire life. You can buy it for yourself. You can send it to someone who is sick um, as a perfect pick-me-up. Um, they just are the best. They have everything. And last but not least, Maggie and Me Candle Company. You can check them out at several of the small businesses downtown. They sell them all over Chillicothe. And then they also sell them online, maggieandme.shop. Best, best candles. They are safe, they are homemade, they are hand poured, they are made with so much love. Their scents last that um, it fills up my whole house and it smells so good right now. I have the ice lemon biscotti burning. I actually picked that up from High Five Cakes um, and it is one of my absolute favorite scents. Oh my goodness. Everybody who has walked in my house has been like, what is that smell? It smells so good. So go check them out, get you some candles. All three of these businesses are just fantastic. They've got the best products, the best, um, customer service, the best everything. So go check them out. And when you do, be sure to let them know that Elena sent you. So years later, um, when I was in college, actually, uh, my grandpa had uh, <laughs> learned how to email and all of that. And so he would email me a, a lot of like the chain email things. But so we had like email conversations that would go back and forth. And so um, I had been at church and Pastor Gray had preached about how one man plants the seed, another waters, and God provides the increase. And it just made me think so much about him. And I always had a little bit of guilt of, you know, leaving his church and being underneath another pastor. And so I just sent him a message with that scripture and just told him how much he did for me in my life and building the foundation that I have and knowing God and praying and the value of prayer and the importance of prayer and that he planted that seed in me. And now, you know, I was in a different season of my life where it was being watered somewhere else, but you know, he was the one that planted it. So, um, you know, having that conversation with him was huge and it's yeah. basically what you were just talking about. Yeah. And I love that. And I think it's because the rest of your story, like, I mean, a lot of things that we've talked through and a lot of things that we've, you know, talked about and that you are going to talk about, it comes back to like knowing the power of prayer. And so where that was such a foundational thing for you, I mean, that is the one thing that has like carried over the most. And mm -hmm. so with that, now <laughs> let's go to college. <laughs> right. So, um, I guess that was like the first major obstacle I had to face in my life is um, going from high school to college and figuring all of it out. I had to decide where to go, first of all, and figure out how I was going to pay for it because I knew that I wasn't going to have a lot of help from my parents or any help because they just couldn't. And I would definitely get financial aid based on their income. Uh, I didn't know how much and I didn't know, you know, how I was going to make it. So I prayed about it. Um, I asked God to help me, but I still wavered in, in that faith and worrying and stressing about it. Like, um, 
I couldn't fully believe that I was going to actually go to college, graduate, and then be able to pay for it. It just was so far out of the, the realm of anything that I thought was possible. Um, but to decide which college to go to, because that was the plan and that's just how I am. I'm a planner. So <laughs> <laughs> the plan was to graduate high school, go to college, graduate, get married, all of that. So your typical plan, traditional. Mm-hmm. So I, um, chose a college that was just close enough to Chillicothe because I didn't want to be too far away from Anthony. That was the main goal. Uh, (laughs) I didn't have a whole lot of guidance from anybody on which college to pick. So I just randomly basically picked Otterbein College because it was small. It was only in Westerville. Um, Like I said, I'm very reserved and quiet. I didn't want a big college like Ohio State or something like that. So it was a small school. I did not realize, though, that it just happened to be one of the most expensive private colleges in the entire state. Um, But I went ahead and filled out the application. I took it to my guidance counselor, Inyoto, and she told me that there was a $35 application fee. So I left the application with her and told her that I would bring the money the next day, but I knew that there was no, it was not going to get paid. Um, My parents didn't have the money and I wasn't even going to ask them for it. So about two weeks passed and I got a phone call um, from a representative at Otterbein congratulating me on being accepted to the college. And I was just shocked. Not that I was accepted, but (laughs) that the application even was submitted that how did it even get there so you know that prayer and having god guide me um he has used somebody and i still don't know who it was um to pay that 35 dollars application fee and i was accepted to otterbein and that's where i ended up going um but once i was accepted you know you get your like acceptance letter along with the tuition and how much it's all going to cost and then i realized that it was $30,000 a year to go there and mm. just couldn't believe it. Um, I was looking at the numbers on the paper, like it was basically monopoly money. Like those numbers were so big, so out of reach for me. Mm-hmm. It was just like a fictional world where money didn't really matter. And yeah. so I signed up for every grant and every loan that I could get to try to you know, rack up the money to get to be able to go. Um, in the end, I was $5,000 short, which again, $5,000 to me, it could have been, you know, $50,000. But mm-hmm. so I ended up going to a local agency called Peter Blosser here um, and was able to borrow that money. And I was ready to start. So my parents took me up for freshman move in day and we got all moved in. And when they were leaving, my dad gave me $20. Um, and when he handed me that, I just had a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, first of all, I just racked up thousands of dollars in debt. My dorm roommates, I was in a quad, so I had three other roommates. Um, their parents were giving them credit cards for all of their expenses. And um, my parents were only able to spare $20, which I actually wanted to give back to them because I knew they would need it for gas to get home and through the, throughout the week and all of that. But I kept it. But I think in that moment is when I um, never felt more alone and really fully understanding that I was on my own to figure out how my future and my goals would become uh, be accomplished. And that's when like major panic and worry set in. And I know you've said that 
you don't see me as somebody who worries and panics, Mm -hmm. which, oh my gosh, if you could be inside (laughs) my head, that is basically all I do. (laughs) And even though I know God can provide and will provide and always has, every time there is something new, um, I go back to that same panic and worry because I feel like I've always just had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's on me. I need to get myself together and figure out, um, how I'm going to do this. And, and along the way, God is always there. And, um, you know, so with that and all the worrying, I prayed and worried and prayed and worried and prayed and worried, <laughs> uh, for, for four whole years, every single year, not knowing how I was going to pay the tuition, but every year God would do it. And, and then, the next time I would forget about all of that again and worry again, and he would uh, provide and lead me through it. Um, graduation eventually came, so I made it to graduating. And then the repaying process of all of those loans that I had racked up and signed my name to, you know, with not a, an idea in the world how I was eventually going to pay it off. Um, so the repayment process rega- began, and it was just a whole new set of worries. But after 15 years of praying and paying what I could on my loans, every one of my loans is paid in full and I'm a hundred percent student loan debt free. Um, I know, I mean, blows my mind because of how much worrying I put into it, but God was there every step of the way. Yeah. Um, you know, opening doors I didn't even see, bringing opportunities to me. Mm-hmm. And I learned about the public service student loan debt forgiveness program. Um, and through that and making payments and, you know, filling out all the paperwork, I qualified for it and my, all of my loans were forgiven. So I started with my parents who could only afford $20. Um, I had no idea how I was even going to get through the first year and God made a way for me to get my bachelor's and my master's degree in education um, debt free. Student, student loan debt free. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like that's amazing. It's just crazy. It, it is. It, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think like, <clears throat> so after that, you know, you had said like, and it's just the recurring theme, like <laughs> then something else comes up and it's like, I worry and worry and worry. Yes. And then God provides. And it's like, that's all of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's all of us. A hundred and twenty percent. But, um, you know, I think it's just, it is, it's a testament to his goodness and his faithfulness, um, to provide and take care of his children and, and also, um, to your faith. And I think, you know, you may view yourself as someone who's like, I don't have a whole lot of faith and I'm not whatever, (laughs) but I like, as someone who has watched your life unfold, I'm like, no, you do hundred percent. And so, um, and so it's, I love hearing your story because I'm like, how do you say that you don't have faith? Like, this is a, <laughs> literally a story of that. But, um, okay, so you got out of college, mm-hmm. you ended up getting married, you ended up like fulfilling that like American dream or whatever, <laughs> the traditional yeah, dream of path. like go to college, get, you know, graduate, mm-hmm. get a good job, get married, start having kids. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, oh. so after, so yeah, graduated, got married in 2007, uh, got my job, which we've already talked about. Um, we had bought a house in 2007 as well. 
And, you know, I'm a planner, so I had planned out, okay, so we're ready to have our first child. And we had Isaac in 2010, and we thought four years was a good time span between the the children. And so 2014, we had Ian, and then four more years had passed, and I figured it was time for us to have our third (laughs) child. (laughs) Um, And so uh, I got pregnant, and... I was only probably about six weeks pregnant and I knew something was wrong. Um, it was actually my birthday and we were at church and, um, you know, I, I came back and I told Anthony, you know, something's wrong. I just know it is. And so it was a Wednesday night and, and pastor great prayed for us, um, prayed for the baby. Um, but, I guess it was God's plan that that baby uh, wouldn't make it. And so the next day, um, you know, I went to the OBGYN and it confirmed that the baby did make it. And so we had a miscarriage. And I feel like that was like one of the, I mean, it's not the first huge like blow to, or like devastation that I had had in my family, but you know, it was huge. Mm -hmm. And like my plans Mm -hmm. were being interrupted because Mm -hmm. the plan was I would have another baby and you know, we would go from there. But now I had to face this heartache of losing the baby. Um, And I remember you showing up (laughs) after I told you I was fine (laughs) (laughs) because that's how I am. Um, And just, uh, you know, being there for me and, praying for me and, you know, helping see me through that tough situation. Um, but yeah, but we made it through. And so just like every other obstacle, you know, you, you learn from it, you grow from it mm-hmm. and it adds to your story and to your life. And, and so, and it was how long until you got pregnant again? Okay. So, Oh gosh. I don't know exactly how long it was. It didn't take long. So maybe a month, two months later, like, uh, three months, maybe, uh, we found out we were pregnant again. And so this was with Aaliyah. Uh, the pregnancy was stressful because, you know, I was just worried constantly mm-hmm. that something would happen again, but everything ended up being fine. And Aaliyah was born in 2018. So, I mean, it's still technically that four year gap, mm-hmm. <laughs> 2010, 2014 and 2018. Um, and, and so we had our rainbow baby, Aaliyah. And then Aaliyah was about four months old and I just fell asleep on the couch. And as soon as I woke up, like it was like just a a nap, you know, but one I hadn't planned. And so I just fell asleep, woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I might be pregnant again. (laughs) Cause you know how you, you just get so tired, especially at the beginning. And so I just knew the feeling. I mean, I'd already, been pregnant four times, technically had three kids. And so I took a pregnancy test that I happened to have at the house and I was pregnant again. And Aaliyah was only four months old. Um, and I was so scared. (laughs) I didn't know, like, I, uh, first of all, I was scared. Like, how are we going to have another child? We still have a four month old baby, Mm -hmm. but then also whether or not my body could even handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, would I miscarry again? Or, uh, you know, I had three C-sections and Mm -hmm. so I was healing from a Mm C-section at that moment 
realizing I was pregnant again. Like, how was my body going to even respond to this? You know, I had like fresh scars, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I, when Anthony got home, I called him upstairs away from the kids and I looked at him panic stricken. (laughs) I mean, it was rough. And I said, I am pregnant again. <laughs> and he got the biggest smile on his face and he was so happy instantly. I said, why are you happy? <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. And I just rattled off basically everything I just said. Like, <laughs> And he's like, I just, I'm happy. <laughs> so yeah, um, I ended up going to the doctor and he said, everything will be fine. Yes, your body will be able to handle it just fine. And um and so after that, I started to like plan and try to figure out <laughs> how are we going to do this with uh, the small house that we have and the small yard. And so um, eventually we knew that this fourth baby was going to push us to have even more faith and to trust God that we needed to move and we needed to find a new house. Um, and so we started kind of that process. But... Uh, it was about, I was almost 20, I was like 16 weeks pregnant. And I wanted to know if the baby was a girl because we had just had a girl. And if it was going to be a girl, again, planning, <laughs> um, I would be able to reuse everything that we mm-hmm. had, or do I need to just get rid of everything and start fresh? So I did the genetic testing to find out the gender of the baby which I had never done with any of the other ones. Um, and so the, I got a phone call, which I knew was going to tell me the gender, but it also came with the news that there were signs of genetic defects in the baby and that there was a 50, 50 chance, um, based on the chromosomes and my blood and the quantity of them that the baby was going to have trisomy 13. And I had no clue what it was. Patel syndrome is what they told me on the phone. And, um, but they said, if the baby has this, the pregnancy would not be viable. And it just, it would not go for full term. And even if it did, the baby would not live long after birth. And so they immediately asked me, are you willing to terminate the pregnancy? And so, I mean, I just didn't know what to say. They 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 were saying that um you know there are options mm-hmm. you can uh, do some more testing which would be an ultrasound where they would scan all of the organ systems um, because trisomy 13 affects the, it's like the blueprint for the major organ systems mm-hmm. and functions in your body and so if the organs were not developing then there's likely that the baby would have it um and then after that you know, further testing would be an amniocentesis where they take fluid out of the womb, test it, and that would give you a for sure answer, yes or no, whether the baby had it, or you can terminate the pregnancy now. And they said, are you willing to do that? Because if you are, we will put, um, you know, the plans in process and, and get your appointments made because you only have four weeks to be able to terminate the pregnancy under the laws. Um, past 20 weeks, you won't be able to. And um, so I said, well, I want to do more testing, obviously. I want I want answers. And so with that, they were able to get my appointments and everything. And so I went through a period from, I found that out on July 3rd, 
and had to wait all the way until the end. It was like August. It was right before I went back to school to get the final testing. Um, but in that time period, I had to just wait. And it was just such a dark time in in my life and my pregnancy and a time of doubting um, and what would happen because I already had a miscarriage. I knew it was possible to mm-hmm. lose the baby. I knew it was possible for this to happen. It's like, I think until something really devastating and heartbreaking happens in your life, you almost live in a world like, well, I don't think that's going to happen to mm-hmm. me. Like it can't happen to me. Um, but then when it does, that opens the reality that yes, it can. And really bad things can happen in your life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I was just living um, in this world of just worry and doubt and wondering what's going to happen. I wouldn't leave the house. Anthony was worried about me. He um, would convince me to leave. I remember the next day was 4th of July. And um, he had he had convinced me that we needed to leave. We needed to go to a 4th of July party. On the way there, I was just like a mess, bawling and crying. Um, and told him to turn around. I want to go home. But we got to the party. I made it through it. But after that, I just didn't want to leave. And so I would sit and it was summertime. So I was off for the summer, which was probably even worse mm-hmm. because I would just sit and just stew and think and wonder. And so I would sit in the nursery of Aaliyah's. She was still a tiny baby. I was taking care of her too, worrying about all of this and just rock her and worry, whatever. Um, but I didn't want to tell anybody um, because First of all, I didn't want to tell my family. I didn't want to tell my dad, especially because he um, worried so much anyway. And I didn't want to put that burden on him, Mm -hmm. especially if we didn't know for sure if she even had it. Right. And so I didn't tell him. I didn't tell anybody besides you (laughs) Um, because I knew I needed your prayers. I knew that you had known people that had gone through similar things. Um, And then Anthony had told our pastor, Pastor Gray and his wife. Um, Mrs. Gray, so that they could pray for us. And through all of the prayer and all of my worrying and God seeing past all of my worrying, (laughs) um, we finally made it through all the testing and realized that she did not have it. And she was born in 2020, January 1st, actually, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of 2020. And she is healthy and a full personality. She a full is, personality. And really just completed our whole family. Pushed us out of our house uh, on Chestnut Street and into a, a bigger house within an enormous yard. And just, you know, has kind of fulfilled a lot of the promises of God that yeah. maybe wouldn't have been fulfilled if she wouldn't have come along. Yeah. And so, you know, where I was so stressed, it just God blesses blesses us through all of that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think, you know, you lost the baby, but then it was like, he gave you double. Yeah. You know? Oh, so funny. So Pastor Gray, (laughs) (laughs) um, he... It would prayed for us um, after the miscarriage, and he called us up in church one Sunday and um, was praying for us and kind of told our little story a little bit about the miscarriage. And he said, you never know, God could give you double for your trouble. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, So at that point I was pregnant with Aaliyah. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, what if it's twins? You know, we're like, (laughs) oh, we found out it was just one. But then we realized, (laughs) oh, no, we are getting double because four months later I was pregnant again. And so it's just kind of funny that you said that. 
Yeah. 100%. 100%. That's, I love that though. So I think like what has been the most interesting to me to see and to hear and to live out with you is just like, or not, well, not live out all of it, but to see and hear from your story is like, there's just this constant like theme of, you know, faithfulness and provision and things that the Lord um, has given and how he has just been faithful in your life and in your family's lives and things. Um, and how much you've grown and like how, even though now, I mean, I think, you know, I've watched you walk through things and like, I think now when you go through things, um, you do trust him more. You know, I see that like, and I know again, I mean, you've said like, it's all in my head. It's all in my head, (laughs) but and I have never experienced you be like a complete anxious mess. I haven't experienced mm-hmm. that. But I mean, I do know like when you're worried about things and I do know, but I've also just seen over the years, like I've watched your faith increase and I've watched that. And so it's like to hear how and to see like how the Lord has built that in you is mm-hmm. really beautiful. Um, so I want to kind of go back just to one thing and we'll kind of wrap it up here of like, you said a few different times, like how you were the middle child. You were the one who like was quiet. You were, you know, just a lot more to yourself and introverted, which you still are. Mm -hmm. Um, But, (laughs) and I know that when I say this word, you're going to be like, I still don't really feel this way. But like, were you always like confident or is that something that also like just kind of grew like confident I, in your, in yourself, but in also like in your gifts and abilities mm-hmm. and talents and things like that? I would say that's definitely something that has grown. Um, I, from, you know, going back to when my grandparents took us to church, um, I know my grandpa always talked about how God gives us gifts and each of us has a special gift that should be used to build his kingdom and to, you know, give him praise. And so in my mind, I, of course, (laughs) could not see a gift that I had. Um, I just looked at it as well. You'd have to be a singer and sing in the choir or be a great public speaker or a minister of some sort. And so I knew that that was nothing that I was good at. And so I never really, understood what my gifts were. So um, just, I think from the way that I grew up, though, so much of my focus growing up, what was on things that I could do well, because, you know, I knew that people weren't going to focus on like all of the nice things that I had, or, you know, name brand clothes and being really stylish and all of that. So I really just focused on being able to do things well. I focused on my grades and playing sports and, um, you know, like in shop class, any kind of hands-on project I wanted to do and I wanted to do well. And over the years, I've been able to look back and realize that my gift, one of the gifts 
that God has given me is just the power of a made up mind. And once I put my mind to something and I set a goal, what it could be a life goal or it could be a small project that I'm doing at home or, you know, helping somebody, a friend with a particular task or doing event planning for the church and the youth at church, whatever it is, once my mind has focused on that goal, um, I almost become obsessed with it. I get down to every little detail and how is that goal going to be accomplished and how is it going to be accomplished well? So to, to put like excellence into it. Um, and I'm always still very critical of everything that I do. I never feel like it's quite as good as it should be or could be. Um, but that's, I think my gift of just being able to, um, you know, look at all the details and accomplish a goal and setting my mind to it. So, yeah. And then over the years, I've become more confident in that and being able to realize that 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 is something I'm good at. Which leads to like 50 million other things that you're good (laughs) at. And, um, but it's so funny. I was telling a friend um, the other day when I was telling her about you and and things and I, um, or what was this morning and I was telling her about getting all of the papers and things from you. And I said, I said, but that's just so Joanne. And I was telling her about the time that you and Anthony um, were over the youth and you did that scavenger hunt. And I said, it was the most like intricately done scavenger hunt that I have ever seen in my whole entire life. And so it really is like when you do a project or when you do an event or something like that, you, put your whole entire, like everything into it. And, um, and so, I mean, I think that the Lord has given you a lot of like natural gifts and abilities, but then I think that whole, just the, the perseverance and the determination and the dedication that you give to things is what like makes it amazing. And so you have all of the Here's all the things that she didn't say. <laughs> I'm going to interject this because I can't uh, not. But, you know, she is. Um, and so I guess like maybe I'm answering my own question. Like you're confident <laughs> in a way, but you're also still very humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because you are like you're one of the best cooks that I know. You're you are super creative and crafty. Um, I wish that like. Sometimes I wish that I was filming these things. Like sometimes I wish that I was doing videos because I would like put pictures on the screen of like, these are projects that she has done around her house. And this is (laughs) the floor that she painted with stencil (laughs) and um, just incredible. And, you know, Araya's hair that you braid and when she lets you (laughs) the things and just, I mean, you bait, you baked cakes for her first like three birthdays or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, did cake decorating and things. It's like, I have literally never ever seen you fail at anything or not be amazing. Like I've never (laughs) seen you create something or do something that I haven't walked away. And Randra and I both have been like, that was amazing. <laughs> so, um, very gifted, very talented. Well, thank you. Um, and yeah. growing in confidence. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, there are definitely a few other areas that I for sure want to hit on. 
Um, I mean, like I had said in the very beginning, we can go all kinds of different directions, but there are a few things that for sure um, I want to hit on soon. So we are going to stop here, but then you will be back very, very, very soon. And we will dig into a few of those. Okay. Um, but, and I didn't warn you about this, but you've listened to my podcast, so you know, <laughs> I just didn't remind you about it. Um, but the last question that I ask always is, what's the Lord speaking to you right now? What's he been showing you and speaking to you lately? <clears throat> well, um, you know, there have been some things that have happened recently in my life, which we'll talk about, I, I guess, on the next one, mm-hmm. on the next episode. <laughs> um, but I've gone through a period um, recently of, of just, I, I wrote in my, my journal, if you even want to call it that, of, about just a, a time period of stillness, of stepping back from all of the things that I was involved in, and really just concentrating and reflecting on the important things in life um, and just my foundation in life, my foundation in God, um, which I think we'll get into that later. But it's really, um, I think what I've been focused on is stepping away from the superficialities of Mm -hmm. society and really looking at the priorities of my focus because my focus was all over the place. Um, Mm -hmm. A few years ago, I was involved in so much. I didn't have time for my family um, like I should have. I didn't have time for my friends, my true friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there have been some things that happened in my life that really pointed out who the true friends are and who really should have my focus. Mm -hmm. And so Um, I've taken a step back from social media, uh, where I wasn't that involved anyway. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I really took a step back and really, um, just kind of refocused myself and grounded myself in what is real and kind of breaking down the facades, um, that I see around me. And, uh, so yeah, I think that's just what God is speaking to me is to just be confident in myself and who I am and who I am in him and to not worry about what everybody thinks all the time Mm -hmm. and to try to impress other people or to, um, to learn to say no. Uh, mm-hmm. because that was really hard for me for a long time. Uh, I felt like, you know, I had to do it because if I didn't do it, who would? And even if other people did do it, would they do it right? As well as you. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, would, would they do it the way it needed to be done? Yeah. And so um, I think there have been a lot of things that have happened, COVID being one, um, that kind of put everybody into mm-hmm. a, a halt in their lives. But mine has continued on. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah. So like my advice or whatever to anybody would be to stop worrying so much about impressing other people or doing what you feel other people want you to do um, and to see through people and the facades that they put up and to really focus on your priorities in your life and what God has, you know, blessed you with that should be the focus. Yeah. I don't, really I don't know if any of that made sense. It, there we it go. all made sense. Because I really was not ready for the question. <laughs> I knew that it was coming. And so I 
I had planned it in my head a little bit, but I didn't write it down. So it kind of blindsided me. Why didn't remind you? Because I, I was like, well, we can have one thing that's off the cuff. Oh, I guess. <laughs> well, you saw how, how left field that went. <laughs> no, I think it's perfect. Well, uh, thank you for being here. And um, I, I said when we were off mic, like, okay, I really want to talk about this, but we'll just not do it today. And, and you said, it's not going to be another year. So <laughs> we will do it in the near future. Yes. So future. stay tuned because mm-hmm. there, there is a, a pretty big part of her story um, that has happened recently. Um, and so I really wanted today to be a lot of, of the backstory and things so that when we, when we bring that aspect into it, um, people will have just more of an understanding also. So um, we'll be back soon to talk about that. And um, But seriously, thank you. I know that um, this is way, way, way out of your comfort zone. And I yes. appreciate you being here. Yes. And I love you very well, much. I, hope that, oh, I love you too. And I appreciate you asking me to be here. And I just hope that maybe there's one person out there that my story has, you know, given hope to or inspiration or something. So oh, I'm sure. Thank you for letting me be here. Yes. You know what is so funny about this podcast in particular is that Joanne showed up with pages of notes. I mean, she was ready. And to her credit, she is a language teacher. And so that is how she preps for things. But she um, was so nervous and just wanted to make sure she didn't forget anything. And it's the first time that I've ever had that. But it was so interesting to just watch her and to listen to her share her story. And it's one that is beautiful. It challenges me and it encourages me, especially in the season that I personally am in, to just be reminded that the Lord provides and he takes care of his children and he is so, so faithful. And so I needed that reminder. And I hope that if you need this reminder, that it encourages your heart too. And, um, go show her some love. She's actually not on social media. So um, if you go comment on my page or my post, I will make sure that she sees it. But if you do know her, then send her a text or give her a call and just let her know uh, how much her conversation blessed you and how much her just authenticity blessed you. And also stay tuned because as we said, uh, there will be a part two with her. There is a big part of her story that just happened over the past few years and we want to record that. And, um, you know, everything that we talked about in this episode kind of leads up to that. And so I am very excited to sit down and talk about that with her soon. And so she will be back very, very, very soon. So stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, But until then, have a fantastic rest of your week and join me back here next week for another episode of Pour It Out.